Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Pastor James is going to teach us starting in Acts 18. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. How are you doing? Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm doing great. The Lord is blessing. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia right now. I had a two-day service down here, which signs, wonders, and miracles happen down here, people. I saw so many things here that it's hard to even talk about everything. I mean, uh, we saw people that had uh, what they call it, corporal tunnel that were healed. We saw people that had spirits in them coming out. We had people that had played around uh, with New Age stuff and had spirit guides. And Oh, man, the Lord really was moving down here. And some of the church uh, church people that I'm with down here, they're still doing deliverance right this minute. <laughs> well, I'm off here in one of the offices here. So the Lord has been good to me. Well, one of the things that I want to talk to you about today, you know, is signs, wonders, and miracles. As we went through the book of Acts so far, all 17 chapters that we've been through, every chapter was signs, wonders, and and miracles. And this is what our churches should be. But a lot of churches have lost their fire. They lost the, their desire to do what God says. They want to be religious and just say, well, if I do this, this should please God. But see, the thing is, we must, we're supposed to do more than just please God. We're supposed to obey God. If we obey him, that will please him. So the things that we've been uh, getting ready to study tonight is about Paul and some of the things that he went through and how the signs, wonders, and miracles followed his ministry. But as you go through these things, you find people are always against you. You'll always find somebody who doesn't like what you're preaching. But the gospel is still the gospel. The things of the word of God is still the things of the word of God. And if we'll obey God, if we'll read what God says and seek him with our whole heart, We'll see things change in our lives and in our families because we got so many families out here. Every day that I look up, people are getting murdered. People are getting shot. People are getting raped. And then you got these people who are talking about, well, we we want to debate about the uh, abortion issue and don't realize, don't even understand that every time a child is aborted, even if it's a little bitty fetus, it's a blood sacrifice to a demon named Moloch, Jezebel, and Baal. And that's just a few of them. And they're happy. That's why you'll see more murders and everything else. And look at the weather, things that we have never seen before. Snow up in Wyoming at this time of the year, floods, tornadoes, and stuff. They, they Everybody want to say, well, that's just a coincidence. It is not a coincidence. God is not a computer. God is not a uh, a alien being with no emotions. He has an anger issue. When he's angry, he will destroy this planet. And we've done it before. So, you know, people say, well, if he's a good God, he wouldn't destroy the planet. He said when people do nothing but evil continuously, continuously, he will destroy and start over again. And that's what we got now. We, we're getting part to where this world is getting ready to be destroyed, and it's, uh, hopefully we'll have a, a mighty revival before then if the preachers will stop being cowards and preach the truth 
and tell what does the Bible say, what does the Lord say, and that we can get these signs, wonders, and miracles happening back in the church. Today I was doing a deliverance on a young man, and he was he had been uh, playing with New Age stuff. And the only thing he said he did was he listened to uh, circular music and uh, forgot what else, how he got into that spirit guy thing, but it entered into him and took over. Mind control, Jezebel. And so uh, one of the other spirits in this thing was uh, uh, Beelzebub, and uh, I'm trying to think of that other one, Baphomet, Baphomet. And people just don't realize. They say, well, I don't believe in it. I don't care if you don't believe in it. It's still real anyway. So let's turn over to what Paul had to go through in Acts, the 18th chapter, and the first verse. Acts, the uh, 18th chapter, and the first verse. And if any of y'all want to call in or you want to give a donation, I want to have Dorothy come up right now and tell you where to give the donation for her broker, the program and the telephone number you need to call in if you want to ask questions or give a comment. Dorothy, can you do that for me? Yes, I can. The call-in number is 646-595-4789. And for PayPal donations, the email is dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. That's D-C-H-U-R-C-H-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Amen. And if you want to call, as you're calling that telephone number and you want to speak and ask a question or make a comment, press 1. And that lets Dorothy know that somebody has a question or uh, want to make a comment. All right, let's continue to read here. Uh, Acts, the first chapter, I mean, Acts 18, the first verse. After these things, Paul departed from uh, Athens to Cornus and found a certain Jew named Aquilus, born in Pius, and later came to Italy with his wife, Priscilla, because that Claudius and had commanded all Jews depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and worked. Before by his occupation, they were tent makers. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Paul was in Athens, and he had to leave, and there was a decree out and some... Uh, the, the head of the uh, Roman thing there, and he had to get out of that town. And so he went to this place with uh, fellow Jews, Aquila and Priscilla, and that he was able to stay with them and work with them. A lot of times I, I've met people that goes into the ministry or uh, first thing they want to do is quit their job and have the people of the church take care of them. That's not what you're supposed to do. You first supposed to, First of all, you have to learn of God. Seeking with your whole heart, learn what you're supposed to learn before you start asking God to support you through his people. So if Paul had to work, Jesus had to work, Peter had to work, you should work. So I'm just talking to somebody out there now who's thinking about contemplating of quitting their job and try to go out and preach and say, well, God will take care of me. And the Bible says, all these are examples of what we should do 
And Paul said, be a follower of me as I am a follower of Christ. On the uh, the fourth verse, it says, and he reasoned with in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Gentiles. The word Jew means religious people that are in the, the Yahweh is their God. And the Greek means that everybody else, they don't have a, what we call a covenant with the true God, but they have their own things that they worship. But now they're finding the true God and they're coming up under the Jewish teaching. And when Silas and Theomachus, when they came into Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed them and blasphemed him, he shook his garment and said unto them, Your blood is upon your hand. I am clean. For henceforth I will go to the Gentiles or those that don't have a covenant or those who don't know about the one true God, and I'll preach to them. And he departed hence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one of the worship gods, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Cyprus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, uh, hearing, believed and were baptized. A lot of Jews got converted through Paul's teaching. A lot of Gentiles got converted through uh, Paul's teaching. And because of that, the word of God kept going stronger and stronger. And they were in the synagogue, the synagogue. And they were uh, even the chief rulers of the synagogue. They believed on the Lord and his house. And the Bible says, if you will believe, you and your house will be saved. And that's how you're saved, by faith in that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the Son of God. He is the Word of God. And they uh, believed and was baptized. Then the ninth verse says, then speaking the Lord to Paul in the night, by his vision, he being not afraid, but spoke, and hold not his peace, for I am with thee, for I am with thee, and the, no man shall sit upon thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. So if you notice, it's in red. So that means that Jesus was talking to Paul and told Paul, preach here, teach here, publish the word here, teach them the truth. See, the truth will make you free. But if you're not understanding, it's because you have not thoroughly gave your heart to the Lord, the master, the one who teaches us, the one who created us. And when you're, until you're born again, you have a carnal mind. And the things of this world is what you think about. And those people we call Mr. or Mrs. Worldly Wise. You're wise in the things of the world, but you're uh, not educated in the spiritual things. And see, we have to live by the spirit and not by the things of this world or by sight. The word spirit means, now you, you got to remember with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different things. But one of the things for the word spirit is understanding. Yet the Bible says all you're getting, get an understanding. And that's what you have to do. You've got to get an understanding on how to operate in the Word. And the more you know, the greater you come. That's why it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge is why people perish. 
So if you get understanding, knowledge will increase, and you will be able to live by the faith of what the Word says. And the 11th verse, it says, He continued there for a year and six months, teaching the Word of God among them. When Gallio was in the, uh, departed to Athens, the Jews made insurrection with one court against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. When you're preaching the truth, teaching the truth, people get angry at you. And and they don't even know why they're getting angry. They feel, well, I'm, I'm right to be angry at you because I don't believe in what you're saying. I don't think it's right that uh, you're able to tell me what I can do with my body. You're telling me what I should be able to think. But the thing is, who made the word? God did. Who made the world? God did. Who? What did he make it for? For his pleasure. So that means we're un- for him, for his pleasure. But yet and still, a lot of times we walk around like he's a genie and say, God, give me this. God, give me that. You're, you're supposed to work for me. And he said, you're supposed to work for me. I'm the king, and you're not. Well, a lot of times they don't want to hear that. They want to do what they want to do and don't realize he put in his book, there are certain places that will take you to heaven. And there's certain places that will take you to hell. Either way, both of them starts with an H, and you're going one or the other. And you're angry, and how much you you dislike what the law says will not change God. God's going to be God all by himself, and nobody else will be God but him. So as I said, we just got through reading how they uh, went into an extra uh, Insurrection with one accord. That shows these people were mad. They, this is what they have about Trump. They wanted to kill him because, well, that's not who we think should be president. Listen, God put Trump in there. The reason I know, because as I say, I heard the Lord speak my, to me himself and told me before Trump was running that he was going to win the presidency. God is trying to change this world around it where we will not commit suicide. And that's what we're doing. When we're killing ourselves and killing others, we're committing suicide. And this world will go back to another judgment as it did before, and the flood is real. But this time, it will be fire for nobody be able to hide. I'll say 13. It says, seeing this fellow persuaded men to worship God contrary to the law or the way we think. And when Paul was now about to open up his mouth, Galileo said unto the Jews, it is, it is were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness. Oh, you Jews, reason with that I would bear with you. In other words, he said, now listen, because of some of the things he's teaching, if it was teaching you to be wicked, kill people, rape people, murder people, rob people, he said we could talk. But he has not teached any of these things. He has not taught any of those things, but he teaches the, what the law requires and how for we can live with each other and how to get along with each other. If people will stop being angry and hating people and learn to love people, this world would be different. The weather would be perfect all year round. How do you know that? Because I know what the word says. God will supply all of your needs. That includes your weather and everything else. Right now, we're having tornadoes and stuff, and we have having floods and things like that. 
People are dying. The land is dying. Everything is being destroyed, and people just don't know it and say it's just a coincidence. But it, uh, the 15th verse, but if there be a question of words and names of your law, look to it, for I will not be no judge over such matters. There's people that argue about you're supposed to call him Yahshua. You're supposed to call him uh, Isor. Or you're supposed to call him this. Or call him Jesus. They argue over these different things. Listen, it's according to what country you were in. It's what name you got saved under. But it still means the word of God. And the word of God needs no help or any uh, interpretation. You just accept it and keep going. And it's already in here. As I tell people, the Bible always always interprets itself. But there be any, as I said, the 15th, let that know that by saying, but if there be a question of words or how we understand it or names, in other words, they didn't say there's only one name. He said names. Then it's down on the 16th verse. He drew them from the judgment seat. Then after that, all the uh, Greek took, Sensendia, the chief ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. And Galileo cared for none of these things. And Paul, after his tarried there yet a uh, good while, and then he he left for the brethren and sailed hence to Cyrus, and with his uh, Priscilla and Aquila, having shown his shown his head in uh, Caesarea, for he is now made a vow. So what it says, when it says shone his head, that means he cut off all of his hair, and he made a vow, the vow of a Nazarene. That means he would drink no wine, he will drink no whiskey, he will eat no grapes, and that he's uh, fasting, trying to please God because of all the sin that was going on at that time. And see, a lot of times, people don't worry about sin. They just say, well, God knows I'm only human. I'm going to do what I want to do. And don't realize we're destroying the world. We're destroying our nation. We're destroying everything that we want and don't even know it by doing the things that are wrong. So that's why I love people like Paul who was willing to risk their lives and Priscilla and Aquila to tell the truth that we have a chance to live. But three things that God requires, and you can find that in the Bible too, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What is humbly? That means walking and obeying the law of the Most High God. And then it says, and it came, uh, 19th verse, and he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned or told him, ask questions. That's why I tell y'all, ask questions. Don't call saying you believe this and believe that. Ask, ask questions and let the Bible interpret itself. It needs no private interpretation. It says the 21st, and when they desire him to tarry longer with him, he consulted not. He bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means, keep the feast that comes in Jerusalem. But I will return again unto you if God will. He will sit and he sailed to Ephesus. 
Now, a lot of times people just don't know what is God's will. Well, God's will is to acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. But if you're trying to make God do what you want to do, it ain't going to work. And if God turns you over to a reprobated man the way you think it's working, you'll find at the end when you have to give an account. And when you have to give that account, you'll stand before a God who tells you then, I am the king. I'm the one who makes the rules. And either you obey or you disobey. You have a choice. But those that obey gets the blessing. Those disobey gets the curses. The 22nd verse, and when he had landed in Caesarea and gone up and saluted the church, he went down into Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over to the country of Galatia and uh, Pyrenia in order to strengthen all of the disciples. In other words, what Paul did, he went to another place to teach them the truth about the word. The other day here at the church, I taught them what the Hebrew alphabet is and what does it mean and that it has power to change things. The people here, we were casting out demons using the Hebrew alphabet. We were getting blessed by using the Hebrew alphabet. They saw the power of the word as I spoke it forth, and it was the Hebrew alphabet. Now, why do we need to learn Hebrew? We don't. We just need to know the alphabet because the alphabet is truly the word of God. The alphabet, which is Hebrew, is God's real name. And there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And if you turn to Psalms 119, and if you've got a King James Version, look at the top, you'll see the words Aleph. And you count down eight verses, then comes Beth. Then you count down eight verses, comes Gimel. Count down eight verses, comes Dalit. Count down eight verses, and you'll see the word Hey. Now, there's 22 letters. But see, with Hebrew, it's not A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It means a message in each letter. And it could be one message or a thousand messages. And you have to know in what context it's written in and what context that you need to use for the word to work for you. In fact, the the sermon that I preached this time, if you'll work the word, the word will work for you. And as the word went forth, they saw the different miracles. As I said, I, I saw a, a lady who had corporal tunnel, and by praying the Hebrew letter over her hand, she got healed. And then I seen people who were back problems, arthritis, uh, people having eye problems and stuff praying over them, but, you know, I'm praying the word of God, and the word of God is God himself, and his word will not come back void. The Father walks, watches over the word, and those that acknowledge him as God and speak the word, then the angels, the angels will show up and work with you. You may not see them, but you'll feel their presence. I was up in a place called Paul, Paul, Michigan, and this lady, uh, her son was deaf and dumb. He was about 16 years old. And uh, she heard about me, but she didn't know that I teach about angels. And I don't mean new age angels either. I'm talking about the biblical angels of the scriptures, of what the word says, like Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, and Uriel. And so um, 
she said, well, since you believe in angels, I, I don't I don't want you praying over my son. And I said, okay. So she thought about it for a little bit, and she said, well, I ain't got nothing to lose. I took him to every Pentecostal church up here, and he was getting ready to have surgery, exploratory surgery. Exploratory surgery means that they're going to be experimenting on you, trying to get his hearing and talk uh, speech back. So she said, I ain't got nothing to lose. Go ahead and pray for him. And I'll make a long story short. I prayed for him. I used the word, the Hebrew word, epitha. Epitha, which means to be open. And all of a sudden, he shouted, I can hear. I can hear again. I Not only can I hear, I can speak. I can speak again. And here's the way the world operates. He called his grandfather and told him, that the Lord had restored him, that he could hear and speak again after all those years of being deaf and dumb. And his grandfather, you are not my grandson. My grandson cannot hear or speak and close and shut the phone down. He went over to his grandfather's house the next day to let him know I can talk, I can hear, and his grandfather looking at the miracles and still denied him, said, you are not my grandson. You can't, he cannot talk and he cannot hear. But that's the way the world is. They look past that the God we have is a supernatural God. And because he is a supernatural God, then we get supernatural answers, supernatural things that happen, signs, wonders, and miracles. If you're going to a church now and you don't see signs, wonders, and miracles, you had a dead church. And you need to get somebody, get to somewhere that is alive and believe what the word says. Now, uh, Dorothy gave you all the number a minute ago with, uh, to call in. And if you have any questions uh, on anything in the scriptures, push one that lets uh, Dorothy know that there's somebody there with a question or an answer or a comment. All right, we'll continue to read on now here in Acts 18. We're at the 24th verse. And a certain Jew named Apollo, born in Alexander, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Now, here's the thing. And now you look what it said. He was an elegant man and mighty in the scriptures. The scriptures is what makes you smart. The scriptures is what works in your life. It is the word of God. It is God. For it says in the book of uh, John, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But most people don't know who God is. They don't know what the word is. And see, I explained it to you because the Bible always interprets itself. The word is Aleph Tau, which is Jesus' name. He is the alphabet. When he said, I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end, he said, what is written in the book? I came in the violence as written of me. He told us the hint. He gave us the hint, and that is the scriptures is him. And the more you study the scriptures, the more you eat on the scriptures, and it's food indeed. It's drink indeed. The more you eat and drink of the scriptures, the stronger you become. And it's not the physical body, but it's the mental body. Everything is in the mind. That's why it says in Romans, the 12th chapter, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is a reasonable service. In other words, the fight is in the mind. The body profits you little, but the things of knowledge profits you a lot. So then it says, uh, the 25th verse, this man was instructed in the ways of the Lord and being feverish in the in spirit, he spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. See, a lot of times people want to preach the gospel, but they know a little of the gospel. They don't know everything. And nobody knows the whole gospel except the thing is written what's before you. And the things that you study is the things that enter into your spirit. As the food of the word comes into your spirit, then all of a sudden, as God water it brings forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And the more of the fruit brought into you, which is out of the book of uh, Galatians 5 and uh, I think it's 5 and 20, somewhere around there, 5 and 21 or 22, that you will see that it brings forth peace, love, joy, uh, uh, self-control, and all these other things. And just think about it. If everybody was doing what that word says, going around having self-control, putting down anger, yeah, you're going to be angry sometimes, but don't let it last overnight. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you how God wants us to live because his world that he's getting ready to construct is going to be a world of peace. That's why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And those that are not peaceful, those are warring people, those that have demonic thoughts, you will not be in there in that kingdom. It tells you, I think it's in Galatians 5 and 19, what people are not going to be there. And one of the things is uh, witchcraft. Witchcraft is just like rebellion. That's what it is. So you ain't doing no turning, no, you're not in front of no cauldrons and stirring it up and calling on demons and stuff, but you rebel against the word of God. And if you rebel, that is the same as witchcraft. And everybody knows witchcraft is against our God. So anyway, uh, it says the last part of that, knowing only the baptism of John. So what is the baptism of John? The baptism of John is the baptism of repentance. In other words, you tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I have a change of mind. I don't want to do it like that. But there, there are uh, what they call a process in the baptism. Now, the first baptism is, as I say, is the water baptism, and you baptize in the name of the Father. Well, the second baptism was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why when you read in the Bible, you'll find that some people, he was baptized, what baptism were you baptized? In the, under John's baptism. And so Jesus was not glorified at that time. So that's why back then they were talking about the baptism of John. And so when you hear, oh, well, now you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, that's because they did not have the full understanding at that time. But we do. And because we do, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And mankind tries to explain what does it mean to be baptized in the Trinity and stuff. But as I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself. And there is a second baptism. And that second baptism is called baptism in the Holy Spirit, 
which means you're, uh, when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it means an elevation of your mind. Your mind is elevated to receive the things that are spiritual and get away from the things that are carnal. The first baptism is to, to put the carnal man to death, the carnal things to death, and live in the spirit. That's why it says to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Do not walk by sight, but walk in understanding. The more you understand, the stronger you will be. Well, let me finish this here. Then it says, um, the 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue with Aquila and Priscilla, which they heard. They took him and expounded unto him the way of God more, more perfectly. You can have a uh, a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You need more knowledge. And when he had disposed uh, in the past of Aquinia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the uh, disciples to receive him, who, when he had come, helped them much, which they uh, had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. The scripture, you see, it's back there again. I keep teaching you over and over again to live by what the scripture says, but with understanding. If you don't have an understanding, you'll never be able to live by the word of God. The word of God will be just dead words on a dead page to you. But if you'll sit there and understand that the Bible always interprets itself, that God wants you to know the truth, but he tells you you got to seek him with your whole heart. you got to, you got to go look for him. He hides, and he hides things. And because of that, uh those that are hunger and thirst after God will find him. But those who are lazy and uh, want everything to be done for them and want to change God to a genie, they will never get it. They'll get bits and pieces because God is merciful. But you'll never get the whole truth until you give up your life. Well, has anybody out there got any questions or comments? Dorothy, are you there? Nobody's raising their hand, and 702 was here, but he must be working because he's not here anymore because he's always good okay. for a question or two. Yes, he is. As my friend Daniel, uh, he's one of our members at the church, and as I said, we've had so many people that, that, jo- that came to our church, and we don't have people that joined the church. We're uh, a church uh, like a family, and because of that, uh, we teach, we learn, and we help others so that they can see it. But anyway, as I say, well, here I am down in Atlanta right now, and we've been going strong for the last two days. I, I had to drive all the way down here from Kansas City. And because of what so many people are hungry after the word, and so many people want to learn a more excellent way of serving God, this is why I'm down here. I teach of what the word says. Well, do you have any questions or comments to make, Dorothy? No. Um, 
I'm, I'm enjoying the lesson. I have had something going on with me lately that I have a question about, if that's okay. Go ahead. There has been a lot of use of the word handmaiden, and for some uh-huh. reason that word is annoying me, and I can't figure out why. I know there's an, a fictional story that has nothing to do with God that's nonsense, but I just don't know why that word bothers me. So do you have a true meaning that I'm missing, or... Well, you know, the Bible says, I will pour up my spirit upon my handmaiden. And what it means right. is a servant. And uh, that's, in fact, about it, one of the things I said, that when I appear before the Lord, I hope I'll be wanting to hear one thing, my good and faithful servant. So a handmaid is a woman who is a servant of the Most High God. And this aspect, you know, it really is a word that, person that works in a uh, a castle or something but in our term in in Christ it's one who is the lowest of the low to help the highest or the ones above them and God says he who is the uh, servant of all is the greatest in the kingdom so I don't understand why would you have a uh, you know reservation I think I just I think it just clicked because there's a group of people in the body that use that word handmaid. I am a handmaid of the Lord. I have no problem with the word servant, not at Mm -hmm. all, but it's this handmaid. And I think if they're saying they're the lowest of the low servants and then they're raising themselves up in the ministry to call themselves something special, I think that's what I'm having a problem with. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I say, Did hey, I, I, w- I love to I be a handmaid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to be, as I say, the lo- the the lowest of the low is the one who gets the greatest reward. All right. Right. I wish there was someone you can get on the radio so I could, I, I have the uh, pastor of this church down here, uh, Liberation Freedom. Yeah, uh, in fact, but uh, he doesn't have his phone on, so he cannot speak over the phone. <laughs> All right. Are you getting ready to leave, sir? Okay. All right, then. And better, uh, hold on. Let him say a few words and let me tell you about his church. Hello, hi, I'm Pastor Donnie, Liberation Freedom Ministry. We're located in Atlanta, Georgia. We are an inner healing and deliverance ministry. Uh, we focus on inner healing, dealing with um, emotional wounds of your past, uh, people that have been broken, uh, people that are just searching for, for healing. And uh, the Lord has anointed our ministry for that. So, But it's a, it's a privilege to be on the radio to meet you guys. I just thank God for you. I pray the Lord will continue to bless you and continue the calling that the Lord has for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, our address here, our address here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, is 3125 Presidential Parkway. That's 3125 Presidential Parkway in Atlanta, Georgia, 30340. 
303-340. And if you need to meet us, if you're in the Atlanta area, if you need a private appointment, a private session, our number is 770-335-8973. That's 770-335-8973. God bless you. Oh, we also have a website at www.liberationfreedomministry.com www.liberationfreedomministry.com and I'm Pastor Donna and I'm looking forward to re- meeting you and talking with you soon. Praise the Lord, thanks. And the uh, pastor, I'd like to talk to one of his ministers. Her name is Debbie and uh, I'm going to put her on the broadcast and let her know, let you know a little bit about her. Hi, everybody. It's wonderful to be on the on the radio. I didn't expect this at all, but praise the Lord. I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit is extremely spontaneous, and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. But we are here in Atlanta, Georgia, Liberation Freedom Ministry, and we just do inner healing and deliverance, and that's our little niche, and we just have a blast doing it. Come and see us. Come and see us in Atlanta, Georgia. We love to we love to have new new people come and experience the power of God. When people see the power of God, there's nothing else that needs to be done. It's done. It's taken care of. It's a done deal. So come and see us in Atlanta, Georgia. We love you, and God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, she's one of the ministers here, and uh, she's a good friend of uh, Joyce Meyer. She used to be one of her originals. So anybody out there got any questions, this is the time. Uh, will you give them the number again? Uh, the call-in number is 646-595-4784 and press 1. You know, I think a lot of people miss the importance of inner healing mm-hmm. <clears throat> and how much those wounds affect our behavior. I, hear I think you. that's a very, very, yeah, very important ministry. And, you know, those wounds is where the little dragons glom onto. So you need to heal the wounds and get kick the dragons out. So That's right. That is so true. So true. Well, if you're ever down here in Atlanta, Dorothy, come down and stop by and see my friends here. They'll welcome you into their house. All right. Well, we done did uh, Acts night 18 tonight, and we'll continue on and do 19. And won't be long, but we'll have the the uh, book of Acts. God bless, finished, and all those signs and wonders that we read about. Maybe the churches will let it be in their church. In other words, let Jesus back in the church. Stop kicking him out. Let him back in. It's his church. It's his house. So it's time for us to walk in his ways and in his spirit and stop walking in our own ways. All right. Let's talk uh, uh, Talk with Acts 19, starting with the first verse. And you remember before we go there, that last verse in 28, it says that, Showing by the scriptures, this is Paul, showing by the scriptures, convincing people by the scriptures, publicly showing. See, there's some people that come into our churches, and they want to go through some deliverance, but they don't want nobody to see it publicly. 
But Jesus did everything publicly. Paul did everything publicly. And we, as the children of God, should do things publicly so the world knows there is a God, a true God, and stop hiding in the corners that we shall speak boldly, boldly to the people that they will hear the word and change their life to obey the word of God. And it came to pass that while Apollo was at Koran, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. You notice it says again, John's baptism. The Bible teaches us everything that God does. He always repeats it twice. So it says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. We are the body of Christ. We're supposed to establish what God said through his son. That's why he said, hear you him, what he said, and then operate in that. The Bible teaches us the more of the scriptures, the more we find out who we really are. So here that Paul was saying that they had been baptized, but he asked them, what baptized were you baptized? Have you heard about the Holy Ghost? And they said they ain't heard so much as there is a Holy Ghost. And now Paul's got to explain it to them because when they were baptized, they were baptized into repentance, which was under the Father's name. But now that Jesus has been glorified, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I, then I add, in the name of Jesus. So that way you cover everything, and people that want to argue or debate about things instead of loving one another, they'll say, well, he did things well. The first person I had heard do that was Kenneth Hagin. That's the way he taught. Now we at the fourth verse. And when Paul, John, uh, uh, baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that we should believe on him, which was to come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, you notice what it said. After they had been baptized, in the name of Christ, Jesus Christ, then uh, the Lord Jesus, because the Bible teaches there's only one mediator between God and man, and it's the man, Christ Jesus. So in other words, Jesus came uh, as a man upon this earth. He suffered by the things that he went through, and he learned things. That way, what he had said in the scriptures was true. Love will conquer all if we let it. But there's some people that don't want love. They want pity. They want to uh, be argumentative. They want to be controlling. They want to get uh, things through deceit, through lies. So this is why when we look at the scriptures, we know God. When we study the scriptures, we are in God. And as the older we get, we become the sons and daughter of God, because we are operating according to our faith in the word. So it says, 
After Paul had laid hands on them, they spoke with tongues, a different language, and prophesied. I remember one lady I was doing a deliverance on up in Detroit. Uh, we started praying for her. All kinds of big demons and devils came out of her. But once they came out, that woman prophesied uh, to the whole church, and it was accurate, accurately prophesied. And the seventh verse, and it says, all the men were about 12. And when he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for the scriptures for three months, disputing and persuading these things concerning the kingdom of God. But when Darius were handled, hardened, and believed not, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated uh, the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrus. And they continued by the space of two years, so that all which dwelled in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jew and Greek. In other words, as I told you, Jew means one who has a covenant with the Most High God and the Greek who does not have a covenant with God, but they found him through God's grace. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons and the disease departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. Now, the Bible still talks about signs, wonders, and miracles. If the Bible talks about evil spirits back then, do you not know that evil spirits are still here? If God talks about miracles back then, by aprons and stuff, do you not know that God still have apostles here in this time that's operating in that same anointing, and the anointing breaks yoke, and the Spirit of God sets the people free, and you'll be able to walk in liberty liberty because the word of God will work in you. As I said earlier, if you'll work the word, the word will work in you. The more you read, the more you study, the higher the elevation of your mind because the word wants to work mightily in you today, tomorrow, and forever. Starting at the 13th chapter, I mean 13th verse, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, See, it's in our Bible, exorcism, and it said Jews. So that means they were doing exorcism even before G- Jesus came. So what makes you think that people don't do exorcism now? If they did it before Jesus and while Jesus was there and after Jesus left, they're still doing it now. But if your church is not doing it, that's because they don't know how or they are with the devil and don't want to fight against their master. But our master requires that we'll, uh, once we're born again, that uh, these signs shall follow you. And that's when you go to the book of Mark, the 16th chapter and the 16th verse. And it says, uh, took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Yes, demons do talk. And we get information from them when we torment them, we torture them, 
Why do we torture demons? Why do we talk to demons? Because we need to get information. Today, when I was doing a deliverance on a lady, I, I mean on a man, I had to get this uh, demon up, and I tormented until it t- demons, when they, you torment, they will tell you things. They will tell on each other. I used to be in uh, Vietnam for two years, and when we captured our prisoners, we had to get information out of them. And the only way we got information, we had to torture them. And because of that, we saved many lives that would have been destroyed by the, uh, the enemy because we had no information. Same thing with demons. We get the information that keeps them from destroying other people. Like today I learned something. I, I've been doing this for about 40 years, and I just learned today that uh, spirit guides usually are some other demon name, but they go by the word God. They make people think they are God, and that's why they have these spirit guides and stuff. And actually, they're old-time demons, and their names is like, as I said, today's demon was named uh, Baphomet. Baphomet. And here they got people who do witchcraft and everything, carrying these things through the city, spreading these uh, uh, demonic signs and wonders, and people are accepting it. Instead of finding out that these demons are there for one reason, as to steal, kill, and destroy. And we are the children of light. We're supposed to bring forth life and life more abundantly. But if we don't know the word, if we don't study the word, how can we bring forth anything? All right. Well, I'm still waiting on somebody to raise their hand and ask the question now. If, if I get through sign 19, I'm telling you, I've been busy for the last two two days, and I am really tired, and I, I would love to talk and help people, but uh, I also would like to go to sleep, if y'all know what I mean. <laughs> All right. So in other words, it says here, um, the seventh verse, and all the men were about 12. And when he went to the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months, deputing and persuading those things concerning the kingdom of God, there is things that you have to learn about the king. The king is God. And it says of God, and God is another word for the word. So that's why it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the kingdom means the rules of of the word, the rules of God himself, the rules of the uh, one who controls. So that's why we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil by studying the word that says that they were that he would run from you. But when dyers were hardened and believed not and spoke evil of the way before the multitude, in other words, they were teaching the truth, but the word they did not want the word. They didn't want people to receive the word. They wanted people to stay under bondage. He departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily. Well, that's what we're saying. Disputed daily in the school of one type. Tiberius, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all that was dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, both Jew and Greek. And God wrought special miracles. We already read this, I know, but as I told you, I'm on the tired side. <laughs> special miracles by the hands of Paul. The word hands 
also means thoughts. You can do things by speaking those things that enter your mind. God created the heaven and the earth by the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is thought, speak, action. Thought, speak, action. The Father thought it, the Word uh, repeated it, and the Spirit did the action. That's why the Word created the uh, everything, and everything was created by him, and without him was not anything created. All right? But as I say, when it said, uh, the 11th verse, when Paul wrote his special miracles by the, I mean, God wrote special miracles by the hand or the thoughts of Paul, so that from his body was brought unto him the sick, handkerchiefs, and aprons, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. We're supposed to cast out demons. We're supposed to cast out evil spirits. We're supposed to pray the word of faith that people may be healed. All right. So here we are. Uh, we'll skip on down a little bit here. As I said, I can see now that <laughs> I am just really on the tired side. I wish I would call in. Give me the boost to keep going. All right. Well, let's look at the uh, 16th verse or the 15th verse. And it says, an evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? And when these men whom the evil spirit uh, leaped upon them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was well known to all the Jews and Greek also dwelling in Ephesus, and they fears fell on them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed showed their deeds. Many of them also was used curiosity, arts, witchcraft, brought them books, witchcraft, together and burned them before all men. And they continued counted the price of them and found it was 50,000 pieces of silver. See, people will pay for witchcraft, but when it comes down to helping the church or helping your fellow man, they get tight in their pocketbook. So mighty grew the word of God. See how important that is? The word of God. That, and it prevails. So once you learn and really speak and live by the word, then the word will work for you. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in in the spirit when he passed through Ma, uh, Macedonia and Eckhart to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also go to see Rome. And he went to Macedonia, two of them that ministered on him, to Melchus and uh, Eriston. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. For there is a time and a season for everything. God has it gets a purpose for everything. And if we'll do what he has for us to do, we'll be able to accomplish those things God has for us. And then it says, and after this time, there arose no small stir about that way. They used to call the church that way or the way. And then later on, it became the church. And then later on, you got de denominations and stuff. But it used to be called that way or the way. That way, the Bible, the people studied the word of God for themselves. Like the brand, they didn't trust Paul. They studied it for themselves. And that's what we have to do. Study this thing for yourself. I tell you, don't even trust me. And I tell you to study it for yourself. 
And a certain man named Dem, uh, Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. When he, he called them, called together with the workmen all like occupation and said, Sir, you know that by this craft we have, have our wealth. See, idols, making idols, not our true God, and they're getting rich. And they talk about a preacher if he gets a new car or a pastor gets a new house. And he's done gave all of his life to helping people. And here are these people just talking about making wealth for themselves. That's why I tell people, don't criticize folks unless you've been there. Don't do things that you don't want somebody to do to you. If you're willing to give your life to Christ, then, yes, look for Christ to do things for you. If you're willing to take care of mankind, I don't care if you don't believe in God, but if you take care of mankind and do things good to each other, then this world will change around. See, that's what the uh, – there used to be uh, several sets of the Jewish race, and one was called the Pharisees. They believed in resurrection of the dead. They believed in angels, and there were the Sadducees. They didn't believe in that, but they believed in doing good deeds. And it was, they didn't believe in the afterlife, but doing good deeds causes other good deeds to be brought forth. And it says the 26, moreover, you see in here, not uh, alone in Ephesus, but among throughout all of Asia, that uh, this Paul was swayed and turned much people, saying that there be no gods which are made of hand. So that not only was this craft in danger to be uh, not, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be disrespected and her magnificence should be destroyed, uh, uh, whom all Asia and the world worship. The Diana, which is a female goddess, people are worshiping something that has no power, no way of doing anything for it. It's a statue. It can't even do nothing for itself. It can't eat. It can't talk. It can't breathe, but yet and still people want these little idols in their house, carrying things in their pocket and praying to them that they're going to do something for you. Well, how can they do something for you? They can't even do nothing for itself. As I tell you, if people would just sit there and study and find out what is the truth, what is the truth, they would see that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not idols. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is the Diane of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Dinus and the Arstar, just man of Macedonia, Paul accompanied them in travel. They rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered into the, uh, the people, the disciples suffered him not. For certain of the, of the chief Asians, which were his friends, said to him, desiring him that he would not be able to not adventure himself into the theater. In other words, they're trying to set up a trap and kill Paul. Some therefore cried one thing, and others, uh, and, and, and some others, for the assembly of confusion, and the more part they knew not whence for they had came together, they drew Alexander out of the uh, out of the multitude, and the Jews putting 
forth and expanded backing that the hands with with the hands would have made him uh would have made him defense unto the people. They wanted to hear the truth. Some people want to hear the truth, but not everybody. But when they knew that he was a Jew and all with one of voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk, when he appeared to the people, he said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there that knows not that the city of Ephesus and is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana? And this is uh, the image which fell down from Jupiter. In other words, they were saying Diana was a goddess and Jupiter was the god. Seeing them, that their things cannot be spoken against them, you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. In other words, think about it. Most people, if they would just stop and think, stop and think, what is real? What is not real? Don't go by your emotions. Read and study for yourself. For they had brought their, brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blaspheming of your goddess. In other words, Paul ain't said nothing bad about them. He ain't stealing your money. But people, when you know the truth, you won't give the false people anymore. Wherefore, it was the, uh, Demetrius and the craftsmen which were with him. What was a matter against any man? The law is open. And these are the deputies. Let them imprison one another. But if you require anything concerning the matters, it would be determined that in a lawful assembly, for we are in danger to be called into question for this day uproar, for there, for there being no cause whether by we may give an account of this concourse, so that he that had this, thus spoken be dismissed he dismissed the assembly. In other words, after Paul had got up and tried to tell them the truth, the leaders of the thing, they left it to the people. Make up your own mind. Decide what you're going to believe. But have information before you try to decide by your emotions or your feelings. Well, people, I'm trying to tell you, I'm really on the tired side. That's because I said I've been busy all day. And I'm going to ask to see, uh, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Do you need to okay. stop? Do you need to stop now and get some rest? Yes, I really do. Because <laughs> I got to drive over to the hotel. I'm, not, I'm at a church right now here in Atlanta. But I hate to shut off early, and that's why I'm trying to get people, anybody want to ask any questions, or comments, this is the time to do it. Because as I said, I have read the Bible, I read the truth, and it's up to people to make their decisions. As I said, we have seen so many people here set free, people that were in bondage. There's one lady, uh, uh, a foot got healed, a body got healed. I mean, we had quite a few people here this time. And then we do deliverance not only in the service, but before the service and after the service. So that people that come in, like at our church in Kansas City, we don't charge you anything. So, I mean, they ain't nothing. You can, can you beat the price? Nothing. 
we do it because we love people. And everybody who's on our deliverance team in Kansas City has went through deliverance themselves. We have nobody who has not went through deliverance. So as I said, I'm giving you a chance to call, and I'm sorry I have to leave early because I am just bushed. <laughs> I can't even read the scriptures very well. I'm so tired. And I got to get up early in the morning and on my way back to Kansas City. But I did not want to miss giving the chance to the people to hear what God is doing here and that uh, God truly loves them. I truly love people and want to help them. Well, I'm sorry I'm cutting it off unless you got something else to say, Dorothy. No, I've got nothing. Um, <laughs> but I can hear the, the tiredness in your voice, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you be blessed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I am just bushed. And so um, I'll talk to you later on this week. All right. Thank you, Pastor James. You have a blessed night's sleep. No pain waking you up. Yes, please. I love that. No pain. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know the people, they pray against ministries like this. And the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But it didn't mean that the weapon is not going to come at you. It just won't complete its mission. But you will be attacked. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I hear. Do you do you want to say a quick prayer prayer before we go? Yes, dear Heavenly Father, as we come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, there's many souls out there. The harvest is ready, but the labors are few. Father, I ask you to send the trumpet sound out for them, that more laborers will enter into the harvest, that more souls can be saved in these last and evil days, that minds can be restored, that people that's in the uh, mental health and everything will hear your voice and turn to hear the word of God, that they can be healed. The Bible says that we can be sanctified. We can be set apart to do the perfect will of God, and that's what we want to do. We want to do the perfect will of God. We want people to turn towards you, to do those things that is pleasing in your eyesight, that will be fed from the table of the master. Even the crumbs that that we eat off the master's table will bring us life and life more abundantly, and we'll be able to destroy the kingdom of darkness. For those that are hurting out there right now, I say touch the radio. Touch the radio and see the the power of the Holy One flowing through those radio waves right now, setting the captives free. Those that truly believe, you can receive. And remember, study the word, preach the word, eat the word, for the word is holy, it is Christ. It is life, and he wants to give it to you. So until next week, may you be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, in Jesus Christ's mighty name. And I say amen. Amen. So thank you, Pastor James. Get some good rest. Okay. And I'm going to rebuke the pollen in the air. Uh, Amen. Everybody, (laughs) we'll see you next time. And uh, All right. 
have a blessed time before we see you next time. Yeah, all right. I, I got to drive. <laughs> I got to. I got to drive all the way from Atlanta to Kansas City. That's a twelve-hour drive. So I'll talk to you later. Bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.